0: Hi, all Thanks so much for joining Speaking of Making Healthcare Work for You, Different Perspectives and Empowering Solutions. I'm Stephanie Fields, joined by my co-host, Dr. Apoorv Gupta, and today we welcome JC Adams, who is the founder and CEO of Cloud9 Telehealth. Thank you so much for being here, JC.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Cloud9 is a pretty revolutionary product that you have. It's a platform that connects people in underserved communities who are at risk for substance use or mental illness and puts them in touch in a virtual world with providers and first responders so that everybody is able to better help this person in the ways that they need and also better protect both the patient and the first responders and the other people they're interacting with, because it allows first responders who may be going to a call at that person's house to know this person has a particular mental illness or certain other issues. So they better go in or go in better prepared. So tell us, I know that this started with an intensely personal reason for you. So tell us why you started cloud nine and how this is making a difference.
1: Thank you for asking. Yes, I'm I'm an entrepreneur with experience in technology and business, but I was called into this space because I'd lost nine friends and family members to untreated behavioral health issues. And all I had was an understanding of the challenges and the barriers to care, a lack of providers, lack of reimbursement, geographic issues for those in rural areas and stigma being one of the biggest so i was very fortunate to pull together a team of industry experts that understand the provider side of the equation the payer side of the equation and the clinical needs of individuals that we can apply technology to so yes and our focus is on helping underserved high cost high need individuals as I was learning the space and going through accelerators and seeing other companies that were working, they were really serving more affluent people served by major hospitals and health systems, people who had um, private insurance, and, and unfortunately, the people that have the most need, the bulk of the population um, with the greatest need is uh, really is covered by Medicaid, or they're even uninsured. And those are our people, and those are the ones we take care of
2: you're connecting the dots for a very, very challenged, uh, vulnerable population. Uh, How do you make it work, JC? What's the the secret to doing that? It feels like it's a lot of work and a lot of disjointed pieces. So how is Cloud9 succeeding at making that happen?
1: Often these individuals have complex physical and mental illness and addiction needs combined, chronic co-occurring conditions. And We've, we've worked on a uh, first version and a workflow of our telehealth solution that just helps these individuals get served by a collaborative care team of not only mental health clinicians, but also uh, being able to collaborate with primary care, nurses, uh, substance use recovery specialists, and social services uh when we're trying to address social determinants of health needs so connecting them to also food clothing housing child care and employment services so we we designed a system that allows uh, the patient to be surrounded by an entire care team and a safety net so that they can get the services they need when they need them and that was a that was a architectural challenge but also a workflow challenge to the healthcare providers to change the way that they collaborate. They were never able to do this before. And with with data and communication technologies that are available today, now they can collaborate in real time to help individuals when they need it. Too often, individuals with untreated mental illness um, get caught in this failed cycle of non-treatment, and readmission and driving high cost and waste uh, by when a 911 call happens for a mental health crisis, people too often uh, have a bad encounter with a first responder such as law enforcement or they're dumped at medical emergency rooms which are getting clogged up with behavioral health issues. They don't have the staff to treat them or they're taken to the county jail And as your audience may not know, this disturbing fact about the United States of America is ever since we deinstitutionalized and not really funded community mental health services is that county jails have become the largest mental health facilities across the country. And we warehouse people there. And there's this terrible, um, there's there's some common terminology such as you cannot get well in a cell. And what we were able to do here at Cloud9 is create a model where we can bring in the first responders to this collaborative care communication I just described to you. And they, at that point of contact from the 911 call or the encounter, they can have information that can help them have a safe encounter and immediately put the individual in touch with a care team member, which can further de-escalate Prescribe meds or route this individual to social services, a friend or family member's home, um, bring in mobile crisis teams or take them to uh, more suitable diversion centers or a psychiatric hospital that can help them.
0: So you said that county jails are actually the largest mental health facilities in the nation. And by using Cloud9 and being able to connect these people to the providers that they need and help first responders better prepare for these situations, you've been able to save billions of dollars and help people get treatment in the appropriate way rather than just putting them back into jail or into, um, you know, a hospital and driving up costs that way. So tell me, how have the results of using this changed? Because you said that they're even better than using ride-alongs.
1: The University of Texas uh, data off phase one of this pilot showed that 97% of Cloud9's consults were superior or equal to having a ride-along clinician. Phase one, the first time we tried this, it generated immediately a 632% return on investment for Houston and Harris County. But the bigger number was that we initially, in that first phase, decreased mental health crises, landing in ERs and jails by 22%. So in Texas, when a 911 call lands in emergency rooms and jails, that wastes uh, $2.6 billion each year. So you can imagine how uh, reducing that by 22% uh, would save a large amount of money for our our largest city and county in the state. Economically, this was a big win because it's much more efficient to have a clinician either uh, at the community mental health center or repurposed to be trained to to be at the 911 call center as a uh, call center clinician and from there they can use our technology to share information with first responder vehicles all over a community even far out into rural areas so that they can have eyes and ears on the scene
2: There's a a lot of information JC that you're uh, providing us and again to help uh, me specifically as well as our audience understand this. I think what I'd like you to explain to us is you described a model in which the first responders, EMS, the police uh, are coordinating with the clinicians Uh, but yet in most communities uh, that we are familiar with in the US that collaboration doesn't exist. So how do you go into a community and create that collaboration? Or are you going into communities where that collaborative model is already in place and now you're providing them with the technology? What we found is
1: this is such a big problem. Um, Large large major metropolitan areas, highly populated counties and even suburban and uh, some larger rural cities and counties, are already trying to solve this, and there usually exists in each community a a stakeholder group or a committee or a board that meets on a regular basis, let's say monthly, that will uh, have uh, someone representing the the community mental health center. You'll have someone uh, from the city and county there, typically a county judge is very involved in this, uh, as well as uh, first responders, EMS, but mainly uh, the police chief and the county sheriff will have a seat at the table, and in, in a really good uh, stakeholder group, you will also see representation by uh, consumer advocacy groups, primarily NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. So we we that's the perfect audience to introduce this option to. You go to find those communities that are that already are thinking about this problem or have already introduced a co-responder model. And we can go in where a co-responder model doesn't exist. So those are the two best starting scenario communities that we would look at.
2: One of the things you mentioned just a little while back is that the return on investment has been really tremendous. I think you mentioned something like 600% or a plus. What it makes me think of is you started cloud nine because of Near and dear uh, friends and family members that were unfortunately lost to mental illness. And I guess what I'm trying to understand is how is Cloud9 changing the outcomes on that end? Uh, are there, they may not be numbers, but they may be uh, some anecdotes or some stories or, or some way in which you know that what the service you're delivering is ultimately meeting the objectives from which it was designed.
1: I grew up in a rural area. And there just simply were no clinicians uh, available to serve that community. And the technology didn't exist for telehealth or telepsychiatry. So from a prevention standpoint, ongoing services could have been very beneficial to some people I knew. I have also known people who were involved in the judicial system uh, because of their untreated issues, they would get in trouble and come in contact with first responders, bad encounters, and uh, once the wheels of justice start turning, once that's your entry point, it's hard to stop them. and uh, i have I have a relative that's been uh, incarcerated most of his adult life because of untreated bipolar disorder. So yes, having if a law enforcement officer would have been aware of his condition and been able to been able to route someone like this to, to care services that could have been avoided. I'd mentioned that initially there was that six hundred and thirty-two percent return on investment to the customer. What that was doing was comparing an actual the cost of a ride-along program staffing an individual, and instead paying clinicians their market rate to provide services remotely and to access data and share information. Uh, that was uh, that was a way of of them calculating how many more people they could serve much more efficiently with this new model. Because again, the clinician can be used on demand and be anywhere in the community. And the uh, additional outcomes results, which you asked about, uh, since the initial phase one, we had shown that 22% decrease of these mental crises, landing in ERs and jails. Well, now that program has expanded and we're seeing over 50% diversion rates, keeping people out of jails and routing them to social services, mental health care services, um, getting them to a friend or family member's home or the proper facility. And that's, it's growing and increasing And it's taking off around the country uh, where people have found out about this, and uh, they're realizing that this is a much, much more efficient solution than the one, the innovation we were just announcing of ride-along programs just a couple of years ago.
0: I think that what you're doing is so innovative, and I think it's also impressive that you've told me before that you're the primary payer for this is Medicaid, which is not a program that a lot of people have a ton of praise for. And somehow you've managed to find a really efficient way to work with them that is saving everybody a ton of money. And along the same lines, you also told us that you recently started an additional company called Shine, which provides peer-to-peer support and allows those people who provide that support with lived experience to get paid for their help. So it's a way that you're working to solve the shortage. So tell us with all of your work at Cloud9 and then also adding in Shine and your ability to find creative ways to truly make a difference in this for people and in the world of mental health and substance use, what keeps you going? What fulfills you the most? Like, wow.
1: It wasn't easy to figure out how to get, for instance, government agencies to pay for low income populations to, to have access to mental health. It, was, it wasn't easy, but we, we were fortunate to have per- persevered and figured it out with Cloud9, but it still does not solve the shortage of mental health clinicians. We're just not educating and training enough uh, individuals out of our universities to be licensed clinicians. But peer support specialists have been proven for decades, the first example being an Alcoholics Anonymous sponsor, but uh, peer support specialists also have lived experience overcoming mental illnesses, as well as other substances other than alcohol. And they share their lived experience um, and decades of research has shown that they have a transformative effect on individuals and communities Uh, by increasing people's engagement in mental health and substance use services and improving people's overall health, including these chronic co-occurring physical illnesses like diabetes. What we're doing there is we're building a community to help support peer support specialists who who were originally a volunteer group of people that has grown and now Medicaid is, is finally starting to pay for those services. Previously, uh, peers were paid by state, county, and some federal funding sources to pay them you know, a very basic minimum wage. And a little bit of a correction there, Stephanie, I wouldn't say Medicaid is always our primary payer. Uh, the uninsured population is often funded by these same federal, uh, state, and local funding sources. But, but yes, uh, peer support specialists, if we build a community for them and technology where they can be freely accessed by consumers, and we've also designed something very innovative at Shine using a blockchain backend tokenization as a way to get additional compensation to these peer support specialists so that they can be funded to do this valuable work that they do in the in the great value that they add to communities. So that's what's different about Shine.
0: Well, thank you so much for being here and sharing this. It's cloud nine is doing amazing work and I'm excited to see how Shine expands.
2: Thank you. Yeah, it's just truly remarkable JC. Thank you for being here with us.
1: Thank you for your advocacy and spreading the great word about innovations in our space. It's needed. Thank you.
0: And thank you all for watching. Bye-bye.